trauma is actually the way your body reacts and responds to some external event, right? And that's whether it is a perceived event or whether that's an actual event, your body can still have the same traumatic reaction or response. Ready to have a deeper conversation about body and soul, sacred leadership, and our collective evolution? Welcome to the Wise Body Ancient Soul Podcast with me, your host, Cherise Sisu. Hey, y'all, just jumping in uh, with a little bio for my next guest, Kim Fuller. I am so delighted to introduce her to you. Kim Fuller, LMFT, is a grief and loss coach. She is a compassionate guide on the journey of grief and healing. In a world that often rushes past our pain, Kim stands as a beacon of understanding for those who have lost a loved one. Having walked this difficult path herself, she intimately understands the struggle, the heartache, and the questions that can consume us. Beyond the pain, Kim believes in the transformative power of hope. She knows that grief doesn't have to be the end of your story. It can be the beginning of a new meaningful chapter. You can connect with Kim on Instagram at Fuller Lifestyle. Um, where she shares wisdom, insights, and daily reminders that life can be beautiful again. Follow her journey and discover the hope that awaits. Join Kim Fuller Life Coach on her mission to bring light to the shadows of grief and guide you towards a life filled with hope and spiritual growth. Kim, I am so excited to be with you today. And uh, thank you so much for joining me and diving into some yummy topics together. What a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. I can't wait. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, oh my gosh, where do we even start? Um, you, you bring so much experience to the table as a life coach, as a, um, uh, as a therapist, but I know one of the reasons why I so wanted your valuable input on this show was um, around, um, around the body and trauma and like its relationship with, um, tools for healing. I'm just going to, you know what? And before we even dive into that, like probably it would be helpful to define what we mean by trauma. Like, how do you define trauma? So I have been working with trauma, right. For 25 plus years. And I started off in nonprofit mental health. And that was particularly working with people who had emotionally traumatic experiences, right? Whether that was from their community or their household. And, and working with that in mental health helped me to even more broaden the concept that I now use in coaching, right? Mm. So trauma is actually the way your body reacts and responds to some external event, right? And that's whether it is a perceived event or whether that's an actual event, your body can still have the same traumatic reaction or response. And that could be to an environmental, a physical, or an emotional perception of trauma. So our body naturally is trying to always keep us feeling safe, calm, and happy. And if there's anything that's going to impact that safe, calm, and happy, it has a reaction. And so when we call it trauma is when our experience of the world has changed. When we no longer feel safe, when we no longer 
um, look at the world in the same way and when our perception of our experience has changed. That's when it becomes traumatic. I know a lot of people think, wow. oh, it only has to be, you know, that I was in a war zone or that I had a particular, you know, violent thing happen. But that violence could even be emotional. And so I, I, we help to, with our, all of my clients, broaden the definition so they can see how their experience was traumatic and we can start from there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I love this so much because <laughs> what I love about, first of all, I love that the definition is, is rooted, is grounded in the body. Yes. And is actually about our response and not the out, not the event itself, because it could, it like to your point, it doesn't even have to be an outside event, right? No. Like sometimes we'll have a reaction that's uh, like, just speaking for myself, I know sometimes I'll have a reaction that's like in like a response to something I'm feeling on the inside that's been maybe activated by something or maybe even activated by a memory that's been, you know what I mean? It's like, yes. It, so your definition is so really respectful of all of our different and various experiences, because this yes. is something I talk about a lot as well as like, there's no comparing, no. Um, you know, it, of like one person to another person. I, and what I um, want our clients to understand is that one of the things I try to help them is to trust their intuition and to listen to what their body responds to whatever the environment is. So my sister and I had the same experience, right? We're driving down the highway. It's a rainy day. A truck goes by us. And, you know, we have the backwash of a truck. Our car spins out and we end up in the center divider. Thank goodness it was just um, grass and, and gravel, right? We didn't hit anything. And she was driving. And her response was, start the car up, keep going. My response was, can I have a minute? Like I'm shaking and trembling. I'm having the natural yeah. response to a trauma, right? I'm trying to shake off that adrenaline. She didn't even have that. Why did we have the same experience, but two different reactions? Mine was right. traumatic because I had no sense of control. Hers mm -hmm. wasn't as traumatic because she had, the, she had agency. She had control of the car. She knew how it was feeling. She probably anticipated it before it even happened. Yeah. And so we can both walk away from that having completely different experiences. And she's going to say, oh, that was no big deal. And I'm going to say, man, I felt something. And so yeah. even if we have the same experience, it depends on how we, our bodies and our minds respond to it. Yeah. Yeah. That, I love that. It's like, it can be anything from how in control or out of control we feel yep. in that moment how much agency we have in that moment she was probably she probably already felt what a great yes. example like she probably already <laughs> felt the car yeah. like and knew what was going to happen yes and meanwhile you're just you know you're just in the passenger seat like, i'm just reading i'm just relaxing i'm like right? <laughs> like like the world like spun like and what just happened yeah. what just happened and that is the experience most of us have when it becomes traumatic for us and gets implanted into our bodies. What yeah. just happened? I'm disengaged with reality, with being in the present moment. I am so out of whack. Ooh. So tell me more about, and you touched on this in your example, like you started to shake, you started to tremble. 
tell me more about like that, the body's experience of trauma and how you can, um, yeah, it's like how you can kind of tell like, oh, okay, my body's experiencing this as trauma right now. Oh, yeah. So that is a very, um, I need to dr- kind of break that up into two different ways. So one way is acute, right? It's happened right then in the moment, like what I was experiencing. And of course, I don't know that my body was reacting until we stopped. So what our natural body reaction is, is to figure fight or flight. And when we have a natural fight or flight experience, right? Different systems in our body have to be um, activated, right? We have to get tunnel vision so that we can see an exit. Our heart rate changes so they can pump more blood to our extremities. Our muscles twitch a certain way so it can be ready to you know, activate. Our digestive system start, stops working because we don't need blood down there. We need it in our extremities, right? And so all these systems go like that in a split second. And what causes that is all the chemicals that are happening in our brain that shoot out, right? We have the, the epinephrine, we have the dopamine, we have the adrenaline, we have all these chemicals and those that, the body, produces, that yeah. the body produces so that we can fight or flight, get ourselves a safety, right? We're trying to be safe, calm, and then most happy. Yeah. And so when that happens, after the trauma, you still have the chemicals need to have a release. And so what I know experiences in my body is I get like a kind of like a prickly feeling on my skin, right? And then if I mm-hmm. really pay attention, I notice my, my breathing has changed. We always say, oh my God, my heart. So all of those physical reactions after an event can be traumatic. Sometimes we find them delightful and other times we find them upsetting. Right. Exactly. Like I'm doing this on purpose by getting on a roller coaster versus, you know, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and like as you're describing it, I feel it in my body. Like, yes. oh yeah, I've felt that, you know, I've even felt that kind of delay. Like I was just remembering, um, you know, like just because you gave the example of being, you know, driving and, and yes. being in tra- like of, um, you know, the car stopping suddenly in front of me and I like go to stop or like, it's one of those like near misses kind of a thing where in the moment I'm just, I'm focused. I do what I need to do to like avoid the accident. But then I feel in my body exactly what you were describing. Like I'll feel like a, like a flush and a prickle and like, yes. I'll kind of like feel all of those, um, the hormones, all those, are they hormones? Like adrenaline? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, uh, like running through my body and sort of like this, like after, aftershock or after wave of um, the experience. But um, and you well, know what I, our, yeah. you know what our society tells us to do is just you know pat our, pat ourselves down and keep walking, yeah. right? Shake it off and keep going. And sometimes that works, but we also need to make sure that we actually expressed all of the chemicals out of our bodies otherwise it stays in there our bodies stay in mode of fight or flight and then all of those systems that were designed to just come and go right all of the ways in which our body responded or reacted is designed to come and go it's not designed to stay in the body long term so what happens when it stays in the body long term it starts to um wear out those systems in our bodies right that tunnel vision becomes probably migraine 
all the the muscle might become become fibromyalgia symptoms the indigestion might become irritable bowel syndrome the heart might become you know a weakened heart might start having heart attack i mean like you could just see how prolonged experience of that traumatic experience physically can impact and damage our bodies overall yeah i think and i think you were starting to touch on this this earlier of like you know in in defining trauma and talking about the body's reaction right where if it is something momentary like you know like the the um the example that we were both giving of like uh car yeah uh, like the car accident or the near car accident where everything was okay yes it's kind of over like that and and you can kind of like shake it off because that's actually something one of yes. the um you know one of the pieces of advice that i've or tools that i give when i'm speaking to people is like teaching them how to shimmy teaching them yes. how to vibrate and shake because you know that can help us move things through yes um, and i really love that you touched on you know that can help a lot and it's not yeah. but it's it's not like a blanket solution obviously for everything Correct. and i think this is like this is that other thing because immediately i started thinking about um having experienced them myself like those kinds of traumas that are kind of they repeat or they're ongoing Yes. Um, it, they're more situational. Yes. Um, you know, and yeah. And so tell, like, tell us more about that. Like, how okay. do you know that you might be walking <laughs> around? I think we kind of get a sense, but like, what are some indicators? Like, you're probably holding some residual trauma in the body. Like, who isn't, right? But like, we are, are accustomed trauma, right? to aches and pains and discomfort. We are socialized to pop a pill or drink something to relieve those aches or pains. That's right. My intention is for people to notice, become aware of those aches and pains, whether they're physical or emotional, right? Because those are telling you something. Yeah. If you have a headache and then you have a fever and then you have a runny nose, you know kind of where that headache might have come from. If you kind of have this chronic ongoing headache for the last couple of days and there's no additional symptoms that imply you have a, you know, like an illness or a sickness, you should be curious about what's that about. Yeah. If you have like changes in parts of your body, like all of a sudden you're like, because one day I was sitting in my living room um, by myself and all of a sudden I got, I started feeling weird and that's the best way I can describe it. Yeah. And then when I started paying attention to my systems, my heart rate went up. I had a little bit of like um, moisture, like I was starting to perspire a little bit and my breathing changed mm. out of nowhere. I'm just sitting in my living room. I'm not. So how many of us have had that experience and we just chalk it up to nothing? Right. I was so anxious about it that I called my nurse friend. I was like, hey, and I told her all my symptoms and she went through the whole like check and I probably was just having a panic attack. There were some things that were happening in my um, business and in my life that were just overwhelming emotional and I probably just was having a panic attack there's no other symptoms there's no other um, description as to why that happened but what's important to know is that that was different from any other experience I was having at the moment and I think when there is aches pains difference uncomfortable discomfort disease yeah. something yeah. is going wrong because remember yeah. The whole point of our existence is to be safe, calm, and happy. Right. 
Right. That's our, that's the goal of our nervous system. That's the goal of our body. Um, but I love what you're saying. In fact, if I haven't recorded this episode yet, I'm doing one on this concept of, you know, pain and, um, is sometimes it feels like, like you said, it's it, it, that the the narrative or kind of like our our go to thing is like, oh, pain, get rid of it, you know, like take a pain reliever, take a something, versus what is the message that my body is trying to send me right now? Like that weird feeling that you had, like, you know, you're sitting there, and you're like, this this feels odd, this feels really really strange, and it was like your body was literally communicating with you, like like warning, warning. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And, um, you know, I've experienced the same and it's so interesting because, um, I too have like, uh, have just trained myself or just that is my habit. That is my practice that when I feel a sensation, um, even a sensation that maybe I've like gotten used to, like, I'll question it. I'll say like, that's, you know, Oh, that's interesting that I feel, I'm feeling this sensation in my foot or I'm feeling this discomfort mm-hmm. when I, uh, when I walk or in my back or what have you, and just really getting to the root of where is this coming from? And yes, so many times it's happened where the healing was not a physical one at all, but like an emotional breakthrough or a, um, a spiritual breakthrough. And then it was like, Oh, and then a, a, a pain or a sensation that I've been feeling yep. like goes away. Can you speak to that yep. at all? <laughs> yes, because my whole experience personally as well as professionally is to help people become aware of what's happening, right? And then identify where in the body because that's mm-hmm. the information telling them something. Because, of course, it's what yeah. we're thinking and experiencing if it's not a physical or external trauma. It's all in our heads. And that doesn't mean that it can't be healed. It just means we have to identify that's where it's coming from. And once we go through that process, then we're able to start to go, okay, what do you want to feel? What do you want to experience? And how can we modify what you're thinking about or what you're believing or what you're perceiving in the world as dangerous? I like to give examples to my clients around you know, those emotional activators, right? Mm-hmm. If there was a hurt in the past, let's just say you had a friend in, in kindergarten who stole your pencil. And when you told the teacher, the teacher didn't respond, right? So you had nobody, no sense of protection, yeah. no advocate. When you become an adult and something happens where at work, you're in the, the boardroom and you're trying to give, you know, your idea and somebody else takes the idea and runs with it, you may have the same, I don't feel safe as you did when you were five. And you need to heal both parts of you. You need to heal the five-year-old, right? As well as the person in the present body. But in order to kind of begin to connect those dots, you have to become aware. And I think it starts with, ooh, something happened in my body. Where is this coming from? And then question everything. Right. It's almost like like the breadcrumbs, the clues yes. that we're getting from our body, like, ooh, pay attention. Like even, yes. you know, thinking of you sitting on the couch, like that was your body going like, ooh, pay attention. Like yes. things are getting kind of overwhelming right now, you know? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Ooh, pay attention. I know for me, sometimes I'll be 
processing stuff, moving stuff through that maybe doesn't even feel like it's mine. Like oh. it's like it's something that I've inherited. It's yes. Like a good example of when I was when I was in the Philippines and I was and I arrived and suddenly I was feeling so um ugly. Like I felt like unattractive. I felt my, my sister who's just a little bit younger than me, like people were coming up to us on the street and asking me if I was her mom. Like it was so weird. And I was like, what is going on? And I, like many people have had issues with, you know, self-image, body image, like over the years. Um, but it was so, it was like, unlike something I'd felt before or that I hadn't felt in a very long time. Let's put it that way. And as I spent more time with my family and I was learning about how like one side of the family versus the other side of the family, mm. the way that my mom would talk about my sister as like her sister as the pretty one, which reminded me of like, oh my gosh, when I was young, that's how I thought of my sister. And I was like, huh, interesting. And then it was like, it even went back into, um, the tall, light-skinned side of my family was considered so handsome. And the petite, brown-skinned, like more indigenous-looking Filipinos were like not described as beautiful. Right, right. It literally felt like I was processing ancestral stuff mm -hmm. in my body through my own experience. Was I making that up or... <laughs> <laughs> Like, can we, like, can you, can you speak to that at all? Like that sort of, um, yeah, like ancestral trauma and how yes. that might be informing what's happening in the body or even how we respond to different situations. I definitely think so. Um, years ago, I had a radio show yeah. and I called it Changes Personal. And, and we're always talking about how the way we make changes in our life. It's very personal and yeah. individualized. And I interviewed a man who was a um, chiropractor and he studied psychogenetics, right? Mm -hmm. He studied the connection of our emotions, our psychology and our history, right? Our ancestry and put them together in psychogenetics yeah. to the point where he can look at you, right? He's a chiropractor and the way you carried yourself, he could tell you who you were in terms of maybe, maybe and what kind of illnesses you may have. And what of your ancestors? And so he could see, he saw me walk in. And after, of course, what's funny, I'll tell you the funny part first, and then I'll tell you what he said. The funny yeah. part is now that I know that, I try to straighten up whenever I'm around him. It doesn't matter. Because what he could tell right away before I even spoke, which he does naturally, is the way I carried myself. I have a little slight tilt. Um, and it's not obvious to the naked eye or people who don't, study chiropractic, chiropractor, whatever, yeah, um, that's good. that, that I am a, um, ambitious person, but that I'm also, um, I, I mask a lot of my feelings. He knew that right away, right? Because of the way I carry my shoulders. He said, lots of times women are more likely to carry their shoulders inward, right? Yeah. Especially because, um, especially if we are trying to protect ourselves. So historically black women have not had the space, the time, the um, opportunity to just express their feelings and their emotions openly. So we became more closed off, right? 
because who cares who had time for it? You know, do whatever you needed to do to survive. So survival was more important than really looking at our emotional needs. And so we tend, women, especially black women, tend to have more heart issues because they're, um, tend to hold their bodies inward a little more like this. I don't know if you can see my, I'm trying to exaggerate it so you can really see yeah. it. No, and we talked exactly. about, yeah. right? We talked about that constricts the um, blood flow and the oxygen that happens that the heart and the lungs need to be more effective and efficient. And he said, your grandmother and great grandmother could even have passed that down. Even great, great grandmother passed down the, you don't matter. And not so much that they didn't think you matter, but that you, your needs don't matter in the world that you, even without having any of those experiences currently may walk around or may have that intuitively, right. That is passed on genetically. And so I find his, his information, um, I found it to be very, um, exposing, (laughs) but at the same time informative right because it's all about once we become more aware we say oh I'm noticing that I hold my shoulders in like this what am I trying to keep concealed what feelings am I trying not to feel what am I trying to hide yeah so that we can become like this and be more open and vulnerable and exposed because it's no longer is it dangerous yeah I think that makes so much sense to me like when you said that I immediately I immediately thought about that sort of like embattled yes you know like protective you yes know, i've got to protect i can't i can't be wearing my heart on my sleeve no no i can't put it all out there right um and i think that that's that is like a common um experience across different ancestries right right like my, um on my uh, mother line in the in the philippines like we um, I know part of how that all got baked into my bloodline was when we were colonized. And that was like hundreds of years ago when the Spaniards came in and suddenly, suddenly like that look to look more European, that's where beauty was. That's where value right. was, you know? Right. And, um, and you couldn't, I mean, you couldn't, it, it, you couldn't speak freely um, because your life was in danger. And in fact, yeah. one of the first things that they did was they just came in and just murdered people who were uh, like pillars of the community, people mm-hmm. who were in power, people who were the leaders. Um, and uh, so it's, so I could see mm-hmm. how, you know, generations and multiple colonizers later, right? Um, how this was like passed down and passed down and passed down to see these patterns Mm -hmm. and to start to recognize like, oh, that's, wait a minute, like my mom and her sister have the same pattern that I and my sister do. And then as, you know, as I learned more and more about generations back, I was like, and it didn't start with her. No. (laughs) I had that realization and I did um, just, you know, my own practices. I sent Mm -hmm. a prayer. I like kind of um, spoke to my ancestors, like energetically, I just sending this message back through the generations, like, like you are loved. I am loved. I'm, I'm lovable. Like you're beautiful. And what was interesting was there was a, a physical shift and um, I felt like something had really shifted, not only for me, but also even in, um, in yes. those generations. I, I feel like when we do, heal this trauma. Yes. Um, it, it, it heals 
forwards, of course, like generations to come, but I feel like it also heals. Yes. And I believe that it is possible to heal the ancestors that we may won't meet until dot, 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 as well as creating the, the environment for us to not necessarily pass that down. And part of the way in which we do it currently is through talking about it, right? To being open about it, to exploring, questioning, being curious, and then figuring out ways to move it through our body. Um, I think there's lots of different interventions or methods that work. Um, There's studies that show that, you know, the hand pen to paper is a Mm. very great way to kind of express ourselves because it is, um, it's activating different parts of our experience. And so I encourage people to journal. I know the new thing is to use technology, which I don't disagree with, But I think, you know, the old fashioned pen to paper is a really good way to begin to explore and express, even if it's just scribbling, even if it's just coloring. It doesn't necessarily always have to be a specific journal prompt and writing. Um, Oh, I love that. Right. Other ways is to kind of like get into our body and move, which I know you're an expert at. Um, And that could be a lot of different ways. Right. That could be stretching. That could be running. That could be pounding. That could just be like listening to music and dancing. I mean, there's all ways to kind of express, right? And there's so many benefits <laughs> to physical yeah. movement. Um, and I don't want to forget to also talk about, you know, the talk part. Um, and that means, yes, I think we should talk about it, but I think we should also be intentional and go and speak to people who have experience with helping people move through trauma. Right. Uh, it's important yeah. to have all of the elements, right? The elements of I'm no longer going to hold these secrets and, you know, not be vulnerable. It's important that we do the the talking, right? We don't have to keep everything so, so private and I can't be vulnerable. I have all my shield. It's okay to open up and be vulnerable to friends or family or people who love and care about us. It's And the next step is to write it out, act it out, use our body to express it, yeah. right? And then the last way that I was talking about was that we also deserve to talk to somebody who can help us cognitively make our way through any traumas or experiences that we've had, right? So I think all of us deserve all three levels. It's interesting what you're saying about it's it's important to talk and it's important to talk with someone who can actually help us move stuff through, right? Yes. How do you know when, like, okay, this is something that I can work through with my coach versus maybe I should get some therapy? You know what I mean? Like, well, how do you make that distinction? Although, ideally, your coach knows to also how to make that distinction. That's exactly, that's so funny because that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say I would not want to leave it onto the person to figure it out themselves. I'd want them to go and seek whatever was their first idea. Maybe I go to a therapist because that's all I know, or maybe I go to a coach because that's all I know and allow the coach and or therapist, or even if it's a body worker or a massage person, any kind of therapist should be able to say, oh, you know what? This is outside of my expertise. And I think you deserve to either have a body worker or have a therapist or have a coach help you work through it. My experience of the difference being both a coach and a therapist is that a therapist is more looking at a lot of, you know, the emotional components of what's happened, looking into your past, 
helping you identify where some of this is coming from, um, connecting the dots of ancestor or your own traumatic history, your own ideas and perceptions and thoughts, and then helping you to make sense of it. And for some of us, that's enough. For others, most of us, the coaching part comes into play, and that's where you already know what's happening, but you know it's impacting the results that you want in your life. Right. You know that, or you look at and you say, gosh, I, I'm tired of dot, dot, dot. And I don't know how to get to this result. And so then a coach can help you get to that result, right? Because the coach is looking at what are the obstacles that are happening and what are the interventions that I can help you with so that you can change the way you think and you experience life so that you can get to that result. Mm. So your results are a product of your thoughts. So if we can use something really simple like weight loss, because most of us women are always looking at our bodies um, and you say, oh my gosh, I'm overweight. And that's because there's something happening in your thoughts that allows you to choose to do things that are not mm. going to give you the results you want. Doesn't mean you have bad thoughts. It just means right. something in your belief system allows you yeah. to take that extra cookie knowing that it's not going to give you the result. A coach will help, right. help you to kind of unravel what those thoughts are so you can make different actions. So you can have different results. Kind of, it's kind of like this whole enmeshment of stuff. Like, you know, for me, as I've worked with coaches in the past, if I've, as I've coached with folks, it's been, um, you know, helping people identify those patterns, right? And sometimes those yep. patterns can be very physical, right? Um, yes. Just a physical habit or what have you. And we're not even aware that there is a belief or a story that's kind of driving that. And uh, I know in my own work, something that would come up often is like something happens and that it gets sort of like lodged or stored in the body because we have a story about it, a, a powerful belief around it. Any last pearl of wisdom uh, that you would offer around um, the body? and moving through trauma you know trust your body to tell you what's happening and to become more and more aware of what's hap what you're starting to feel right emotionally and physically and reach out and get support you know start with people local near you and check in hey do you have that feeling do i have that feeling you know have you had that experience because of course we're always looking for normalizing it um, and then if you're finding that your experience isn't within the normal, or even if you're just curious about wanting d a different experience, reach out Yeah, and, then, and right. get the help you need. Absolutely. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love that. I love that. And please tell us, what is the, what's the <laughs> best way to connect with you? Um, the, the easiest way to connect with me is on Instagram. It's at Fuller Lifestyle. Um, if you want to learn more about connecting with me, one of your options is to um, send me a direct message. Um, and also on the um, Instagram, there's a link tree where you can set up a consultation with me. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thank you for bringing your wisdom yes. here today. I love, we always have great, great oh my gosh, conversations. Yes. And I just am really honored to get your your perspective, your wise perspective on all Thank of you. This. And it's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Sharice. 
Thanks for joining me on Wise Body, Ancient Soul. I hope it reminds you how magical and powerful you truly are. Kindly subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so more juicy light bringers like you can hear these transmissions. And if you're looking to connect more deeply with your body and soul's wisdom, visit CherieSisu.com to learn how else we can play together. Here's to your joy and wild success from my heart to yours. I love you. Take what you need and pass it on. Thank you.